Ladies and gentlemen, I feel as if I owe you all a huge apology. I feel as if I have let everyone down. I told you last episode of the Monday Night Raw review. I mentioned that this week's Raw would get its separate review because it deserved it. Because Raw was a good show. Many people all over the social media, all over the wrestling content creator world, everyone except for maybe one or two people gave Monday Night Raw rave reviews. I just read that Monday Night Raw ratings was up 10% last Monday night. Up 10%. We haven't seen a rise like that in forever. But I told everyone, hold your horses. This is not a Paul Heyman product. At least not fully. Many people... We're stating the Savior is here. Paul Heyman, you can see what he's done already. I told everyone, do not fall for the tricks. But I am the biggest hypocrite of them all. Because I too, ladies and gentlemen, fell for the old bait and hook trick that they did to us on Monday Night Raw. After seeing so many great reviews and seeing just a few bad ones, one person that I follow religiously said that it could very well have been one of the worst Monday Night Rolls of the year. I'm thinking, man, get the hell out of here. It couldn't have been that bad. But I wanted to see what this guy was saying. And it's kind of the same thing that I said in the review, but I gave the show too much praise because they hooked us, y'all. I fell for it. Monday Night Raw, the first 20 minutes of Monday Night Raw was different. It was fresh. It was exciting. And I said it in the review of Monday Night Raw. The holy shit statement by Corey Graves ran rampant throughout the community before Raw, the first hour of Raw was even over. What was the bigger deal? Answer me this question. Were you more shocked of Braun Strowman spearing Bobby Lashley through the stage? Or were you more shocked because Corey Graves said, holy shit. Think about that. We've seen people go through the stage areas and things of that nature. We've seen the explosives and the pyrotechnics go off when, when they've done these types of spots before. This type of spot is not groundbreaking. This type of spot was nothing that we have not really seen before. Yes, it was a little different, probably, than we may have not seen that exact spot before, but we've seen these types of things before. Different camera angles showing it from backstage. The very ominous feel after it happened. 
Michael Cole talking in his monotone voice. It was a very serious situation. But it all revolved around Corey Graves cussing on air, saying, holy shit. I'm serious. That was the shock value of that whole segment. More people were saying, did I just hear Corey Graves say, holy shit? It wasn't, oh my God, did you see Braun Strowman throw Bobby Lashley through the stage? No, 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 no. It was, did you hear what Corey Graves said? Think about what happened in the show after that. Think about it. We got kind of the same old shit we've always been getting. I'll go over it again if I have to. But we got another tag team match, New Day and Raiders. It gets interrupted by Joe. Now it's a six-man tag because we have to work around for advertisements. We got another Miz versus uh, uh, Elias two out of three falls match because we had to go with around the advertisements. Lacey Evans in a match with Natalia with no meaning. We're getting the same stuff. Cesaro, No Way Jose is supposed to be a match. 24-7 comes out. There's no match. It's just a beatdown. Seth Rollins and Becky Lynch in a promo that sets up a mixed tag team match between Maria and Mike Canellis that we have not seen on this show forever. <coughs> and then they gave us the decent ending in the main event the heel turn from AJ Styles was the other big thing that happened on Raw a heel turn that we saw coming a mile away a mile away they tricked us they duped us and I fell for it too they gave us a great segment for the first 20 minutes. Raw went downhill, 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 downhill. It's same old shit we've been getting. There was no change other than that 20-minute segment at the beginning and a major heel turn that we all kind of wanted to see anyway, but we saw it coming at the end. And they put shit between it. They gave us a shit sandwich. And we ate it up. We did. It's, it's, I fell for it too. Ladies and gentlemen, Monday Night Raw was not a Paul Heyman product. And he doesn't have his hands on it yet. And anyone that believed that Monday Night Raw was all Paul Heyman... Do you really, stop and think about this. Do you really think that Vince McMahon is going to announce a change over the guard on a Thursday afternoon and in less than four days just step away? Come on, you know better than that.
So I owe you all an apology. I'm sorry I let you down. I told you it was a good show. I told you it was a B, B, B plus show. In all actuality, man, it was maybe a C minus. We got the big thing at the beginning, the hill turn at the end, and everything else in the middle was shit. Smackdown did some things tonight that proved to me that they can get around this these advertisement issues if they really wanted to. And I'm going to talk about that. Smackdown was neither a great show nor a bad show. It was just a regular Smackdown. Basically another raw review. So guys, hang tight with me here. We're going to talk about Smackdown. Thank you again, everyone that has been tuning in. Thank you again, all of the people that have uh, made reviews on the uh, podcast, whether it's on iTunes or Spotify or Google Play. Uh, for some reason, guys, I'm not I'm not able to see all of the reviews that you leave. Uh, I just I just now noticed there was a review on iTunes. I'm I'm a go I'm an Android guy, always have been. So. You know, the uh, the reviews on iTunes, I had to actually go in and search it to, search for it to look. They don't notify me through the Anchor app. But guys, those reviews are awesome. I appreciate them. And, uh, you know, make sure you guys are sharing this with your friends. If you have wrestling friends or you're in some wrestling uh, social media groups, make sure you share this because that's how I'm going to be able to get out and do more things with this is the, the more, more, uh, viewerships and listeners I get, the more I can do. And, uh, I, I just want to thank you guys for this opportunity. I'm having so much fun doing these podcasts, guys. It's kind of my little way to get away from, um, the hustle and bustle of the normal life that we live. And, and, and I get to just, voice my opinion on something that really doesn't even matter in the world and the end of it you know when we stop and think about it all um you know my views on professional wrestling are not going to change the world but it, it it gives me a little escape so uh, i've enjoyed doing these shows i've enjoyed doing these podcasts and the response that i've gotten from you guys is just amazing so thank you so much uh, of course, none of this wouldn't be able to happen if I did not use the Anchor app, which we're going to go into the advertisement for Anchor right now. Guys, check it out. Make sure you listen to it. And if you're interested in doing a podcast, you too can do that by downloading this Anchor app. Ladies and gentlemen, it is the SmackDown Review coming up on the Big Dave Wrestling Podcast, and we will be right back. Alright guys, we are back once again, and as always, if you're interested in doing your own podcast, make sure you check out that Anchor app. It is what I use, and so many of my friends have already started their own podcast using it as well. Alright, Smackdown Live, July 2nd, 2019. Now, many of us know that Eric Bischoff 
was named the executive director for SmackDown as Paul Heyman was named the executive director for Raw. Everyone thought Paul Heyman started Monday night. He did not. So I'm assuming that as many people that thought Paul Heyman started this role Monday night, I'm assuming they also thought, well, Eric Bischoff will probably start his role Tuesday on SmackDown. There's multiple reports that Eric Bischoff would be in the arena there in San Antonio on Tuesday for the SmackDown show. But according to reports that I have read, not only was Paul Heyman not in charge Monday night, Eric Bischoff was even less influential for Tuesday night's show of SmackDown. He was basically just there to kind of integrate himself back into the flow of the operation. And he will actually not have any hands-on input for this blue brand until after Extreme Rules around July 14th. This is what has been reported. Of course, who knows? People report things all the time that are not true. So I'm optimistic, even though my view of Raw had changed a little bit after I really sat down and thought about it. Um, and to get, to get more into detail with that, you know, we had all these quick roll-up pins. We had matches that, I mean, I think at one moment, The Miz beat Elias in less than 10 seconds in the best two out of three falls match. It's just, these things make your wrestlers look weak and incompetent. But I still had decent hopes for SmackDown. I said, well, maybe they'll try to do something because Raw did have good ratings, evidently. And, and from everything that I saw, everyone had a um, very much well-received episode of Monday Night Raw Monday night. So I'm assuming SmackDown is going to try to do something of the same. Or at least try to respond in their own way. The show starts off, SmackDown starts off showing the Les showing the Braun Strowman Lashley spot on Raw. This is how your show starts. Is showing what happened on Raw. So the opening segment of Raw is the opening of SmackDown. Guys, if you want to truly have a brand split, ever, if we're going to ever do this brand split, which they act like they're keeping it, and then they, they do stupid stuff like this. Guys, if I'm Eric Bischoff, or if I'm Paul Heyman, and you want this to work truly, you need to look at it like it really is a battle. It really is the Monday Night Wars. It's WCW Nitro against Monday Night Raw again. If I am running SmackDown, I don't want you to know the good shit that happened on Raw, and I'm not going to promote it on my show. Why would I do that? If this was a real brand split, if this was... Two true companies, and they weren't under the same umbrella. 
Do you think that they'd be advertising the shit that New Japan doesn't advertise what happens from Ring of Honor or TNA? AEW didn't go out and do double or nothing and advertise everything that happened at the Super Junior Cup. You don't do stuff like this. And to open up your show immediately with the biggest highlight for Monday Night Raw in a long time. To me, it wasn't that big of a highlight. But it's the biggest talked about segment for Monday Night Raw in a long time. And the only reason it was talked about so much, I state this again, is because... When Corey Graves said, holy shit, everyone at home said, holy shit, Paul Heyman's running raw. <clears throat> they duped us. They tricked us, guys. I told you on the review of Raw, as soon as that happened, I said, is this a ploy? Are they trying to trick us? Then I did my research and found out they were. So that's the real opening of, of SmackDown is showing the biggest spot that happened on Monday Night Raw. Uh, then we're going to the Kevin Owens show. So we're back to the old routine. I wondered where you were. You gave us a week off from this shit. Monday Night Raw did. Opening the show. With basically a bunch of talking segments. Just line up everything else that's going to be happening for the rest of the evening. But this segment was odd on many levels. First off, Kevin Owens. He's out there doing the Kevin Owens show with Shane McMahon and Drew McIntyre. They're the guests. Uh, as they come down, they're talking about how, you know, they're not scared of the Undertaker, yada, 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 yada. And in this interview segment, it almost seemed as if Kevin Owens was being kind of a dick towards Shane and Drew. Which is confusing to me, because he's getting a pop out of the fans, and he's like, he's feeding into that. Like he's a babyface. But... Wasn't he in a feud with the New Day last week as a heel? So why are you all of a sudden now trying to, you know, get in good graces with the fans and kind of being this dick to Shane McMahon? This, this made no sense. This whole segment really made no sense. First of all, to be perfectly honest with you, you open up the show with your little Raw pre-review, which was stupid. Then you go to the Kevin Owens show, which we know just basically tells us we're going to have a whole shit ton of talking. You bring out Shane McMahon, who nobody wants to fucking see very anymore on this program. We're tired of seeing that. Of course, Drew McIntyre's with him. I like Drew McIntyre, but they are slowly killing his character. And then Kevin Owens is acting like a face. So then, as Shane and them are telling him, oh, we weren't scared of The Undertaker, yada, 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 Kevin Owens says, oh, well, what about, you're not scared of The Undertaker, well, look at this video from last Monday night. And it, sh and it goes back to the part of when The Undertaker came out on Raw 
Shane was telling Drew, get out, let's get out of the ring, let's get out of the ring, and they go over the barricade into the stands, and they're sitting in the crowd. They're standing in the crowd. And Kevin Owens says, well, if, I don't know, but you're running out of the ring. Some people might say that makes you look scared, but, you know, I know you're just, you know, it's just a reaction. You're not really scared. Shane McMahon's kind of like, hey, man, what the hell are you doing? What are you trying to pull here? Be a good little host and read what we have on the cards like we agreed. So he sits down, he starts reading from his cards, saying things like, Shane, you're so great, yada, yada. And then he says, I can't do this no more. Here's the better question. Shane McMahon, how did it feel when you made your return only to lose to The Undertaker at WrestleMania? Okay, so <clears throat> that gets a pop out of the crowd. Drew McIntyre stands up, you know, uh, says this interview's over. Then Dolph Ziggler's music hits. Here's another guy that we've seen too much of. We don't want to see this shit anymore. But for some reason, you're giving us the tired, same old tired routine. Dolph Ziggler comes out. Kevin Owens says, no, no, no. I don't want to hear this. It should have been me. It should have been me. And Dolph says, well, everyone here knows it should be me as a champion right now. Kevin Owens says, no, it should have been you eight years ago, and it kind of was, and then it wasn't, so just get over it. So they start discussing who they think should be the next contender for the championship against Kofi. First off, he hasn't beat Samoa Joe yet, but... Anyway, so they're arguing. They say, well, Shane, let, let Shane, he, you want a title shot, Dolph? Well, so do I, says Kevin. But let's add Shane, have him pick it. Who's, who's, who's going to be the number one contender, me or Dolph? And said, Shane says, settle down. It's neither of you. And I thought at that moment he was going to say, I'm the new number one contender. Sorry about that noise in the back I thought he was going to declare himself as the number one contender but instead he said if you guys want to be champions he's going to book you guys in a match he says Dolph Ziggler and Kevin Owens versus Heavy Machinery and the winner will be put into the tag team championship match the Smackdown tag team championship match at Extreme Rules and it will become a triple threat match Shane's music plays for a split second, then it cuts off like it was hit on accident. Then everybody kind of stands around. There's silence from the crowd. There's silence from the wrestlers. Luckily, Kevin Owens starts arguing with Dolph. He grabs a microphone and uh, he says, he grabs the mic and says, it's my show, so play my music because I'm out. And then they play Kevin Owens' music and he walks out. So it was kind of looked like it was going to be a mess. Like, I don't know if some problem with the production back there or the music hit the wrong music. But, you know, Kevin Owens is a pro. Dolph's a pro. They handled it well. But the segment itself made no sense. 
You did all of this just to set up a match with Kevin Owens and Dolph Ziggler. Now, I don't know if they did this because Sami Zayn wasn't on Raw. Sami Zayn wasn't on SmackDown. We like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn together. Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn just beat the New Day at your last pay-per-view. Are they doing this because Sami Zayn is technically a Raw guy and they're trying to really stick to this brand split? Or is Sami Zayn hurt? Or we just saying fuck Sami Zayn now? Like, why is Dolph Ziggler now with Kevin Owens? When we just pushed Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens at the past last pay-per-view. There has to be a reasoning behind that. If it's just because they don't want to put Sami Zayn out there, and that's legitimately the reason, they're fucking retarded. If they're trying to do it because they want to keep the brand split thing now a little bit more strict, I kind of understand that. But geez, I mean, he can't be a wild card even though he wasn't on Raw. This is why I think they need to completely redo the whole landscape. Do a whole nother draft. Start from scratch. Because this shit's ridiculous. It has become a laughing stock of a roster and what they're trying to do with this brand split. But that's basically been announced. That's going to be your main event. So once again, as always... We have a long, talked-out promo to start a show that's already an hour shorter than Raw just to set up the main event to see who's going to be the third team inserted into the SmackDown Tag Team Championship match at Extreme Rules. Can we say nobody gives a shit, really? Uh, backstage, they have a promo with Daniel Bryan, and then they go to commercial break. When they come back from the commercial break, they're back there with New Day, Xavier Woods, and Big E. They do their little promo, and then we break to a match with Daniel Bryan versus Big E Langston. Uh, basically, the way this match went down, Eric Rowan interfered. Uh, and threw Big E into the post outside. He threw him back into the ring. Daniel Bryan hits the running knee, wins. Uh, so D Daniel Bryan, who has been taking losses the past, at least he gets a win tonight. <coughs> uh, then we have like a little recap of Raw again, of what happened for the 24-7 title of uh, uh, Drake Maverick beating R-Truth and how he's now the 24-7 champ. Excuse me. Um, then they do an interview with R-Truth. The interview really made no sense. Um, he said he heard that Hornswoggle was there tonight. Then you hear like a crowd pop, like a fake crowd pop, like what they put to make it seem like the crowd's loud, but it's not out of nowhere. So it's like another production issue right there. Then we're black backstage still. Alexa Bliss is talking to Nikki Cross and says, you're going to host my Moment of Bliss show tonight. So 
she says, oh, I just can't do that, Nikki Cross. I can't do that. She says, no, it's time for you to leave the nest because I know you're going to fly. And Nikki Cross is hosting the Moment of Bliss. Her guest is Bailey, of course. And one of the questions she asked Bailey is why she called Alexa a liar and that it's not fair that she drags her name through the dirt because that's not the type, that's not the Alexa Bliss that she, Nikki Cross, knows. Bailey says, what's not fair, basically, is, you know, you beat me last week. You beat Carmella on Monday Night Raw, which Alexa Bliss could not do. Why am I not facing you as Extreme Rules instead of Alexa Bliss? And she says, well, I don't know why, but I do know I, what I also don't know is why I'm not down there in the ring with you facing you tonight. Then they go to another commercial break. At this point, I notice something different. There's been no two out of three falls matches. There's been no matches that start out with two guys. Then they end up stopping the match and then it goes to a tag team match. Granted, SmackDown does something that Raw doesn't do. And I don't know why they can do it on SmackDown and they don't do it on Raw. But when they take certain times in the show, they'll take their commercial break. And in the small screen, it'll switch to like a big screen and a small screen. And the small screen, it's still showing the wrestling action going on in the ring. There's no sound and the sound that you see, there's a bigger picture on the screen that has the actual advertisement. And it's playing, and that's the sound you hear. But you can still watch and see the action going on in the ring in the small screen during this advertisement break. And they do this maybe two, three times throughout the night. Now, I don't understand why they do it on SmackDown and they don't do it on Raw. To me... This right here is way better than having two out of three falls matches, elimination matches, you know, matches that start because that stop because something's kooky going on and then restart. Um, but they did that during like the Daniel Bryan Big E match. I don't mind that. That's way better. I actually kind of think it's cool. I liked it. I liked seeing that. I like it. ever since they implemented it. I thought it was cool, you know. Because, yeah, you're still getting your advertisement in, but I can watch what's going on in the ring. I don't know if that's something that they can only do on SmackDown and they can't do on Raw. But, guys, doesn't that seem like an easy way to get around your no wrestling during advertisement breaks a little bit easier? Like, you've got your advertisement going on right there and there's wrestling going on in the ring. I don't... Doesn't that defeat the purpose? But if you're able to do that little thing on SmackDown for your advertisements, why can't you do it on Raw? But I've noticed they've they've done better at this because they do this promo, the, the Moment of Bliss promo. They set up the match. Nikki Cross walks to the ring. They hit her music. We go to a commercial break. We come back from commercial break. Guess what? There's the match. Um, so... And, you know, Bailey actually wins the match. She wins clean. And, you know, like I said, we're about an hour into the show now. 
a little over an hour, around an hour into the show. There's been no two out of three falls matches. This proves that it can be done. That's what pisses me off about this whole situation. There are ways around this. And yet you still just refuse to give us what we want. I said it last episode. You can have a promo go into a match and then have the match end and go to commercial. You can come out of a commercial, go straight into a match, and have the match last the entire segment before you go to your next commercial break and make it start and end in that time period. It's possible. You can set matches up with promos, then go to break and come back and have the full segment still there until the next break. But they want to still do these stupid two two out of three falls matches. I don't I don't understand it. I know they have got to have some reasoning behind it in their business plan. They don't Vince didn't just make this decision up out of nowhere. The the one thing I heard is that it's been said that, you know, if you're watching a quote unquote real sporting event. They don't go to a commercial and still be playing the game. You know, they pause the game. That 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 doesn't cut it for me. There's more to this, I think, for some reason for Vince. I think there's some type of financial gain here with his advertisement companies, and I don't know what it is. But anyway. Bailey wins clean. Glad to see her win. I did not want to see her lose this match. Lose twice, two weeks in a row to Nikki Cross. Guys, Nikki Cross is a great character. The angle they're doing with Alexa Bliss, it's a decent angle. We already know where it's going, know where it's headed pretty much. You know, eventually, Nikki... Either A, it's going one of two ways. Either A, eventually Nikki Cross is going to realize that Alexa Bliss is using her. Or B, where I think they're trying to take it is they're going to turn Nikki heel... And she's going to be, you know, with Alexa Bliss, basically just be her little goon, just like Nia Jax was, just like Mickey Jane was, because Alexa Bliss can't hold up her own fucking shit, evidently. So, and with Nikki Cross, you remember that old show on Nickelodeon, the All That, that had the, the All That logo? Is it just me, or does Nikki Cross's shirt not look like the old All That logo from Nickelodeon? And can they have her wear something different occasionally, except for the same damn shirt? She's coming out here looking like fucking Luke Harper back in the Wyatt days. Like with the, I mean, it just, I'm sure it's a clean shirt and a new shirt every time. Maybe it's not, but you know, that might be cool for Mick Foley and Luke Harper to do, but not with Nikki Cross, especially after you've done all this stuff to like make her look not as gothic. You know, they've started putting makeup on Nikki Cross putting her hair back so you can see her face, you know, trying to make her look more of an attractive lady. I believe Nikki Cross is an attractive lady. But my point is, with the percepted, uh, WWE's perception of what an attractive woman looks like, they're starting to try to make her look like everybody else. But you have her come out every week in the same outfit, the same pants, the same shirt. You know, like that one girl that just never has a new outfit. You know, get her something new. Make her look nice. 
Alexa Bliss, you're a friend. Shit, you got a new fucking outfit every week. Let her get something. We go to uh, Mustafa Ali promo. Uh, he's in there talking about the chase is real. People want to be the champion because of the money and the fame, but he doesn't chase money. He wants to bring change when he becomes the WWE champion. And he says, and I will become the WWE champion. Talks about when he's the champion, you will see yourself in him. He is just like you. Let the lies be exposed and the chain, let the change begin. And uh, I believe uh, Graves said something about after the promo, Corey Graves says, Ali is here to chase the light. Eh, you know, I like Ali. They're going to be decent, decent, you know, little promo, get him hyped up. I would like to see him eventually win the WWE Championship. Wouldn't have a problem with that one bit. I think uh, he's one of those guys that eventually could could get that position. And for some reason, Vince must have liked him. They put a rocket ship on him immediately straight up out of 205 Live. So there's a lot of great talent on 205 Live. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But <clears throat> there's a lot of great talent on this roster all the way through that is not being used properly. So they announced earlier in the night that tonight Kofi Kingston and Samoa Joe will be face-to-face. -face. So uh, they, this is the time for that segment. Kofi comes out. Joe comes out. Joe asks Kayla to get out of the ring. Uh, game recognizes game to Kofi Kingston. He says, game recognizes game. I know a hustler. You're using people just like me. Woods is your hype man. Big E is you're going to be soon your butler. Kofi says he's won all his matches by himself. He didn't need any help. And he's going to beat Joe the same by himself. He says, Joe, but by yourself, you lost to Ricochet. What happened to the old Joe? Now you're hiding and sneaking up behind people. And says, everybody knows your ass is too big to be playing hide and seek. And uh, Samoa Joe says, well, you know, you're playing off everybody's emotions. I remember when you won the title at WrestleMania, you had your son, and you told your son to come in and say, remember, son, hold that belt up high so everybody can see it, using your family and everything for people to get sympathy. And, of course, uh, Kofi Kingston says something about, well, Joe, you're just jealous, Joe, because you'll never have a moment like I did at Mania, at Mania. He calls him Jealous Joe, and the crowd chants Jealous Joe. Uh, <clears throat> basically, he says, then Samojo tells Kofi, sorry, this is kind of confusing. Samojo tells Kofi Kingston, you could prove, I'll prove that you're not the man you say you are. All you have to do is shake my hand and admit I'm the better guy. And I, if you shake my hand, I won't bring all the harm to your loved ones like I'm about to do. And you know I can do it. And instead of shaking his hand, uh, Kofi Kingston, they kind of hit it at first with the camera angle, but Kofi gives Joe the middle finger. 
and then they kind of fight it out. Kofi gets the better hand, powders out of the ring. Ah, you know, the whole Kofi Kingston with the middle finger, I think that was trying to be their, their answer back to the whole Corey Graves saying, holy shit. But the way they played it out, it was almost like a little kid knowing he shouldn't do it and, and trying to be cool. And like, you remember when you would take your elementary school pictures, there'd be that one little kid that would try to throw the middle finger up. I don't know. We we did that. <laughs> I went to a public school, so <clears throat> it was almost like a kid knowing he shouldn't do that. And they didn't have the, they didn't show the full on shot of Kofi with the middle finger up for very long. So, like I said, I almost felt like it was them trying to have their own little oh gimmick, the way Corey Graves did. Uh, they go to a backstage segment. They're interviewing Otis from Heavy Machinery. He's doing a bunch of gyrating, and I don't know. It's almost like Otis is the WWE's version of Chris Farley. You know, he's like a he's like a mini King Kong Bundy Chris Farley wrestler. We see Apollo Crews coming to the ring. And as he's coming down to the ring, we see Abby the Witch in the background. And uh, I did not see them on Raw. Maybe I missed it. But, you know, anytime they're showing these people walking backstage now, I'm looking. I'm looking for the puppets. I'm looking for the Firefly Funhouse. Two weeks now with no Firefly Funhouse. I mean, yeah, you can show us some puppets in the background, but you guys better have something planned here. Because if not, you're going to lose this big build. You know, don't give us too long of, of nothing. I, I just don't know what their plan is. They better have something big planned with Bray Wyatt. And I don't know. I hope they don't screw it up. I just have a feeling... Somehow they're going to screw it up. I will say this. I was thinking, you know, I wonder how long it'll be before we start getting uh, on WWE.com. You can get Ramblin' Rabbit puppets and uh, Mercy the Wizard or Mercy the Buzzard hand puppets or Gabby the Witch. I wonder how long it'll be before we start getting those. You can order those on WWE.com. See people in the crowd with rambling rabbit puppets. Husky Horace, whatever, you know, the little fat piglet. So, like I said, they go to Otis, talking to Heavy Machinery, talking about their match tonight against them. We see Apollo Crews walking out. They shoot, a, excuse me, they shoot another segment of Bobby Lashley uh, talking about his thing with Braun Strowman. And Lashley's Twitter video said Braun got what he deserved. I swear, Bobby Lashley has no charisma. None at all. He does say on this little Twitter feed that they shot over the audience so the crowd could hear it. And he says, next time I see that son of a bitch, I'm going to send him to the morgue. When Bobby Lashley says, next time I see that son of a bitch, the whole crowd, ooh. It's like they are feeding these little lines in to make everybody think the changes. Oh, we're getting edgier. Ooh. 
Kofi gave the middle finger. Bobby Lashley said, you son of a bitch. Like I see that son of a bitch. There's really nothing changing here, guys. Not yet. Are they give are they are they planting the seeds? Maybe. But not yet. Alright. So then we go to a match that they did another one of those small screen SmackDown commercial ads during this match. And it's uh, Andrade versus Apollo Crews. Andrade and Cianamas versus Apollo Crews. Of course they go to a commercial during this match. Probably the best match of the night. You know, two great athletes out there giving us a show. There's not really any big storyline behind this or anything of that nature. You know, they've kind of been hinting around about it here and there. But here's two guys, two new fresh faces, fairly new fresh faces. A new fresh matchup. And for some reason... Out of all the matches you could have took this little commercial break during, you choose this one. I don't understand. It's almost as if the, the guys we want to see and the guys that have the most potential and talent, they want to make sure we turn away from them. Andrade wins. Uh, basically, Selena Vega hits... Apollo Crews with the Hurricane Rana on the outside. He runs into the table when they do this. Uh, she throws him back into the ring. Um, he hits the hammerlock DDT. Andrade wins. Like I said, it was a good match for the time that they were given. For the amount of time they gave these guys, they put on a good match. <clears throat> uh, go backstage. They got Dolph and Kevin Owens. Basically, just, you know, uh, KO tells off Dolph, hey, you just do what you do best. Stand out there and look pretty. I'll bring the champion, you know, I'll bring this home for us. Dolph Ziggler tells him, yeah, well, just don't be eating no hot dogs while you're out there. Kevin Owens says, maybe Shane has a point. Maybe this will be good. Maybe this will work. Then we go to a segment where Aleister Black, he's still in the closet. Says last week there was a knock at the door and he was so excited only to answer and there was no one at the door. And he has to applaud that person and ask that person if they would show up and reveal their identity at Extreme Rules. You know, everybody's going to say that it's going to be Bray Wyatt. I hope to God it's not Bray Wyatt. For two reasons. Number one, Aleister Black doesn't need to take that loss. And number two, Bray Wyatt doesn't need to take that loss. Neither one of them need to take that loss. And also, this totally goes against this brand split. These are two guys that are kind of on two different shows, kind of taking the same role about thing. We're giving them these promo package, promo package, promo package, no in-ring work, hyping them up for when they come. They do not need to face each other in their first match. People who are thinking that is going to happen, I hope to God you don't talk that up into it actually happening. That is the worst situation for both of those guys. 
And if you think that that's a good match, yeah, it's a great match down the line. But not when they first come back. Bray Wyatt's first match does not need to be the same as Aleister Black's first match. They do not need to face each other right off the bat. I hope to God they're not doing that. We go to Ember Moon versus Mandy Rose. Uh, of course, Shawnee Deville's outside. Ember Moon wins this match. She hits the Eclipse uh, for the win. Glad to see this again. Uh, Ember Moon getting a win. Um, I've heard a lot of people speculating that they're going to do a lesbian lover gay segment with Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. I don't think they're going that route with this. I think they're just trying to make people think it. Uh, they might, do, they might do that, but I just, you know, from the, my friends that I have that are gay, you know, they kind of frown upon that stuff of, you know, using your gayness to promote your, just to basically get a leg up in something, you know, uh, you should, you should get it, you know, that would be a big angle and it would be a big deal. And, you know, it would be all over the headlines, but it'd be like, you know, Sonya Deville has come out and said, you know, she's openly gay. I may be bisexual, but one, one, whatever, you know, I, I don't, that's the thing. When, when these guys bring their sexuality into stuff, whether it's, you know, wrestling music, I don't give a shit about that stuff. I don't care. I, that goes in one ear and out the other. Who you sleep with is your business. It has nothing to do with me. Um, but I, I just, I just don't see them doing that angle here. They might, but I just don't see it happening. Uh, my WTF moment of the night. There's a shot of Shelton Benjamin close up on his face. And you don't see in an interviewer, you just see Shelton Benjamin. And then you hear someone say, Shelton Benjamin, who do you think will win the match between Samoa Joe and Kofi Kingston? At Extreme Rules. And he kind of just looks around and looks around like he's confused. And then he smiles and, and laughs and walks off camera. What? What? What's going on there? What's that about? Uh, main event for SmackDown. They start out, we have uh, Daniel Bryan and Eric Rowan on the right side of the commentary team. We have Xavier Woods and Big E on the left side with their whole New Day announcer's table set up with the pancakes. Seven people on the commentary team tonight for the main event. Kevin Owens and Dolph Ziggler versus Heavy Machinery. The winner will be inserted into the SmackDown Tag Team Championship match of Extreme Rules. Triple threat match. Um, you know, regular match, whatever. Uh, Heavy Machinery wins. Dolph Ziggler accidentally a miscommunication. They said it like 14 freaking times. Miscommunication. Dolph Ziggler accidentally hits Kevin Owens with a super kick. Uh, and then Heavy Machinery after that hits the compactor on Kevin Owens. One, two, three. They win. Uh, Kevin Owens, after the match, Dolph Ziggler comes in to try to pick up Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens hits Dolph with a stunner. Then, as he's kind of walking around bleeping, he's saying, this is my show, this is my goddamn show. And when he says the GD part, they bleep it out, like everything was bleeped out. And then you clearly hear someone say, 
to Kevin Owens, turn to the hard camera, turn, say it to the hard camera. And you see Kevin Owens turn to the face in the hard camera direction and says, this is my show, this is my show. And that was SmackDown Live, July 2nd, 2019. <clears throat> now, I wanted to go over something with you guys before I ended this episode. Um, you know, you hear me say this a lot, and you hear me say they have talent on this roster that they do not use, talent that uh, for some reason they just keep in the back, talent that we want to see on Raw, that we want to see on SmackDown, the wild card rule killed much of this opportunity that would have been if they'd have kept the brand split very strict with no crossing over. You've heard me say that much, that there's so much talent. Well, last week, someone argued with me saying, well, these guys are getting FaceTime at least. They're getting camera time. They're actually using a lot of their roster they're just not all in the ring, but they're in segments, backstage segments. And this person is using the 24-7 uh, rule and the 24-7 chain gang that follows the title around. He was using that and using that as, well, these people are getting camera time now because of the 24-7 title. Listen, man. Drake Maverick is getting camera time because of the 24-7 title. When they were all locked up in an elevator, those guys in that elevator was getting camera time because of the 24-7 title. Everyone on the outside, I don't even count that, man. Like, when if you're running down the arena, running around the ring, running through the crowd, chasing somebody... Running down the hallway backstage, and you're on, you know, I don't really count. I mean, yes, you're getting camera time, technically. Technically, you were on the show, which for some people, maybe that's all they want. But I would assume most of the people, and I would assume most of the time, it's probably the people in the back. A lot of those people are very competitive. They're athletic. You know, is that what they want? Most of them, I would say no. So he says to me, you know, you say they're not utilizing the roster, but look at all these people that were on the show. Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. So I wanted to go back and I looked at Raw and SmackDown this week. And I wanted to go and I wanted to look directly onto the WWE.com website. The official website. <clears throat> you can go down there and look at superstars. It'll tell you all the champions. And you can break it down to look at the Raw roster, SmackDown, NXT, 205 Live, NXT UK. So I went and I looked at every member of that roster. Some of these members, I don't know if you guys have looked at this, but they've got some people on their rosters that would kind of shock you. 
Like, I know they have their, uh, like, Legends roster, Hall of Fame roster. Some of the guys on this, I would thought would be on the Legends or Hall of Fame roster, but they're still on the roster. So I'm going to go first, and I'm going to go over Raw. Now, granted, some of these people are injured or in certain situations where they're obviously not going to be on the show. But I'm going to go over Raw first, and I'm going to say everybody that's on the Raw roster that was not used on Raw in either a match or a segment, running in the backstage area, running around the ring, chasing the 24-7 title, unless you actually won the damn belt, I'm not counting that. Because I don't even know who's running past me. I can't even tell you who half the people are. And God forbid you got No Way Jose out there with his conga line. And then you got people all over running around with him. I don't know who's part of the fucking conga line. Who's part of the fucking 24-7 jabronis. So no, I'm not counting that as being used on the show. Sorry. And if you're a professional wrestler and you consider that being truthfully used on the show, then you are there for a check. And that's okay. That's fine. But don't be surprised when you don't have any opportunity given to you. Because in life, nothing's given to you. All right. Raw, this is in alphabetical order too, by the way. Akam, AOP, not on Raw. Alicia Fox, probably at a bar somewhere drunk, probably don't even want her on the show. Don't care anything about Alicia Fox. Booker T was on this roster for some reason. Uh, obviously, Booker T will not be there. <clears throat> Bray Wyatt, no Firefly Funhouse. No segment, so technically Bray Wyatt was not used either on Monday Night Raw, two weeks in a row. And before the Firefly Funhouse segment, he wasn't been, we have not seen him since WrestleMania last year. He wasn't at WrestleMania this year, was it? Is that the last time we saw Bray Wyatt? I can't, no, last time we saw Bray Wyatt was the uh, Matt Hardy. Matt Hardy deal at the compound. Wow. Okay, so Bray Wyatt's not on the show. Uh, Brie Bella is still on the Raw roster for some reason. God, keep her off. We don't need her. Of course, Brock Lesnar. We're not going to see him. Here's where we start getting into some actual people that, you know, we could use. Cedric Alexander. Great talent. Young, upcoming, exciting to watch. Never see him on Raw. Sometimes you'll see him running through. He is a 24-7 champ, I do. I will say that. Kurt Hawkins. They had their nice little run, didn't they? Him and Zack Ryder. They had their nice little couple of weeks as the champions, but that's over. Just, you know, brand split. Not not relevant. These guys don't get an option. Don't get an opportunity. Send them to NXT. You know, or or hell, 
I'd rather go move to fucking NX to the UK and work there and actually get some some matches. Kurt Hawkins, Dash Wilder, tag team champions, not on the show. Uh, someone who I did not even know was still employed with the company, I guess, because I don't watch the pre-shows. David Ortonga, who cares? EC3, again, called up from NXT, great talent, young, has potential, don't see him on Raw. Eric Young, don't see him on Raw. Brought up from NXT, as funny out of all the members of Sanity, Nikki Cross has had the biggest push out of them all. She was the last one to come up to, I do believe. Fandango is on the roster. Tyler Breeze is on NXT's roster. Fandango is on the roster for Raw. Now, I know Fandango showed up on NXT. I don't know if that was one of the pre-recorded things. If Maybe he is not in the storyline, officially showed up. Uh, but he is healthy and back from injury. So there's another guy that we've not used. <coughs> Grand Metalik. We didn't see the Lucha House Party. So Grand Metalik was not on the show. Heath Slater. There's a guy right there. You could easily throw him into the United States Championship picture. Even if he's losing, but he's having good matches, he's doing his job. Give these guys opportunities to go out and perform. Uh, Heath Slater's a guy that's, uh, another guy that's highly underused, highly underutilized, highly underrated. Jason Jordan, of course, um, I guess he's injured still, and I, I, I thought he was done for good, but he's still technically on the Raw roster. Jay and Jimmy Uso, they were not on the on the show tonight. Normally they are, so I can't give them you know too much hell about that. But the Usos were not on Raw. Kalisto, of course, not on Raw. Connor, not on Raw. Lince Dorado. Excuse me, Lince Dorado, not on Raw. Leo Rush, not on Raw. Mojo Riley, Naomi. Nia Jax, of course, is injured. We have Nikki Bella, who, again, I don't know why she's even on there. Um, no Way Jose was technically on the show with Cesaro, so I guess I, I can't, but there's another guy that you don't use, really. Uh, Rezar from AOP. Rhino. Robert Rude. Of course, Ronda Rousey's still on the roster. Uh, Ruby Riot, where's she at? Sami Zayn was not used. Sarah Logan was not used. Of course, Sasha Banks is on a beach somewhere eating cheeseburgers. Scott Dawson, of course, was not used. Tamina, you can keep her. Titus O'Neil, you can keep him. Victor, Zack Ryder, none of these people were used on Raw. And a lot of these people that I just mentioned are are uh, sometimes on Raw, but a lot of them are not. Raw, honestly, other than maybe three or four people on this roster that I just mentioned, I think um, a lot of this is injury and big names that are just on the shelf for whenever they can call them up. Now, I didn't include people on the roster like Triple H, Shane, and Vince, and The Undertaker, like, whatever. But here's where... I start to have a problem more than Raw. SmackDown Live, people not on the roster, people not used for SmackDown Live. Okay? 
Aiden English. You know, I, I'm I never was an Aiden English guy. I can't lie. I wasn't a big fan of the Vaude villains. Um, I'm not an Aiden English guy. Um, <clears throat> of course, Alistair Black and Ali, they were not, they were in promos, so they did technically technically have a, se a segment. Oscar, <clears throat> we don't see Oscar anymore. What's going on with that? Why did we not see Oscar? I thought um, they were doing a thing with the Kabuki Warriors or something. Her and uh, um, shit was it Kyrie Sane? Big Show still in SmackDown roster, but I don't know why. Of course, Billy Kay from the Iconics, Women's Tag Team Champions. That belt was supposed to be on Raw, SmackDown, NXT, everything. They've made that belt a joke. The Women's Tag Team title had so much potential. And I do not know why they put it on the Iconics. Some people love the Iconics. I'm not sold on them. I don't think they are as bad in the ring as people say. Yes, they're annoying. That's kind of their thing. That's the reason they are heels. Uh, but I do not want to see this anymore on them, the titles on them. I'd like to move on and make the women's tag team championships mean something. Um... <clears throat> This this next few lines here, okay? Bo Dallas, not on the show. Buddy Murphy, not on the show. Uh, Carmella was on Raw, but not SmackDown. Go figure. Chad Gable, not on the show. Charlotte Flair was in a dark match, I heard, but she was not on the show. And Curtis Axel. The four men right there that I just named, Bo Dallas, Buddy Murphy, Chad Gable, and Curtis Axel. Those four guys right there could be your mid-card talent. All four of those guys could be competing for the Intercontinental Championship right now, and I'd be pleased with any one of them holding that title. That right there, when I saw that, and it just so happened that those guys were all lined up together. And, you know, when I saw that, I looked at it and I said, holy shit, that is four great talents that they don't use. In, like, yes, the B team, they get TV time. They are on TV. They do get matches. But I'm just saying, you know, those are four guys right there who could be leading the way and making great matches each week. When you talk about Buddy Murphy, we talk about a guy that you took out of 205 Live that was killing it every week. And there was so much hype. Oh, Buddy Murphy is going to be on SmackDown. He's not wrestled one fucking time. Not once. But let's keep going. Let's keep going. Elias was on Raw, wasn't on SmackDown. Epico Cologne. Uh, Ep Epico Cologne. Finn Balor was not on SmackDown. Luke Harper is back from injury, but he wants out of his contract, so they're putting him on the shelf. Jeff Hardy's hurt. Jinder Mahal. Don't care if he's on the show. Kyrie Sane. She's not on the show. She deserves to be. Her and Asuka should be the women's tag team champions. 
Killian Dane is supposedly on SmackDown roster. Um, Kane, you know, he's a mayor, so he can't be there, obviously. Lana is, of course, not going to be on there. Lars is injured. Liv Morgan, no Liv Morgan. Maurice, Matt Hardy, who cares about that? Mickey James, no Mickey James. Paige, they said they was going to find a place for her. They didn't. Peyton Royce is in the Iconics. They should not have the Tag Team Championships. Primo Cologne. Roman Reigns was not on SmackDown. Rusev was not on SmackDown. Sheldon Benjamin had a segment where he's laughing and walks off the camera. Shinsuke Nakamura. Sheamus, I think, still injured. Sin Cara. I'm just going to say, Bo Dallas, Buddy Murphy, Chad Gable, Curtis Axel, Shinsuke Nakamura, Finn Balor. You guys can't find something for them? You can't find something for them? Guys, I am telling you right now, they have the talent. They have to use it properly. Guys, thank you so much. Please share, follow. Follow me, David Von Lindsay, on Facebook, The Big Dave Club on Facebook and Instagram. My personal Instagram account, DVL Music. Look me up there. Also, I'm on Twitter, at David Von Lindsay, at Von Lindsay. We are on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. And, of course, the Anchor app. Guys, we're running out of time, so I'm going to go ahead and call it a night. I gained my voice, and now I'm losing it again. Tomorrow is the 4th of July. Ladies and gentlemen, please have a safe and fun 4th of July. Remember the reason we have the 4th of July. Remember the men and women that fought for our freedom so we can enjoy our time with our family and friends. Please, if you're going to drink, do not drink and drive. Be safe. God bless you. God bless America. Thank you, and make sure you tune in next time. Peanut butter and jelly time, and it will be only on the Big Dave Wrestling Podcast.